welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And we've made it to episode 150. Wow. Can't believe we, we made it this far. I, I've just been playing um, Mario for a while. And all I could see when you said 150 was like a, a whole bunch of coins just popping up in the air. And I'm like, that's a goal. <laughs> okay. When you said that, I paused awkwardly. And that's why. Yeah, just a, a giant celebration of coins. We're, yeah. ju- we're just punching those bricks. Maybe a mushroom will come out one time. Ooh. So yes, we've, we've reached episode 150. And on today's episode, it's just going to kind of be us talking about like our favorite Disney memories, uh, our favorite kind of memories on the podcast, a little bit about us. You know, over the past year or so, I know we've gained a lot of l- new listeners. So maybe they're not as familiar with our our backstory. So we thought it'd kind of be a a good time to reflect on on the past 150 episodes. So us talking about us. Exactly. I'm good at that. And and I will say, you know, looking forward, we're working on a lot of great interviews coming up here. So definitely be sure to, you know, be on the lookout for those. If you want early access to our upcoming interviews and any of the interviews we do, head over to our Patreon page. If you're a supporter, you get early access to our interviews as well. But those will be coming out shortly. So we're going to go over some Disney news this week. Now, last week, there was just a ton of Disney news. And so there's not as much this week. Yeah. Um, but but there is a few pieces of, of news. I think the the big piece of news is that Disney is changing its cast member dress code policy. And so it is making it more inclusive and gender neutral. So basically, it's providing for greater flexibility and personal expression. And so previously, Disney had male and female specific dress codes, and they've now dropped those. So, you know, hairstyles, uh, jewelry, tattoos can be shown now. Um, it, it is now just kind of one set of dress code for everyone, and it it provides um, kind of the, like like what they said almost in like Galaxy's Edge, where you know the the cast members in Galaxy's Edge, it's not like there are the costumes you, are really unisex there exactly, and, and they can kind of just piece everything together as as they want, and and they you know showed some examples of this where you know some people at the Haunted Mansion had um, uh, some males had some nail polish on, you know, people showing like small tattoos are now exposed. So I think this is a, a good move in the right direction. I know you were kind of talking about dress codes, um, <laughs> you know, at your work before this came out and kind of how, why do you know women have different dress codes than men and stuff? And then this came out. So I think you're all for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of, that is really funny. I didn't really make that connection, but yeah, you know, there's, there's been this dress code ever since we were in school of, you know, your shorts having to be below your fingertips and it's really hard to find shorts that are long enough. So it puts females in a weird position and then some get called on it. Some don't, and they get like kind of like pulled out. So I can a hundred percent, I'm a hundred percent behind this. You know, of course there's an appropriate, uh, a line of where it's appropriate, but at the same time, it is important to allow people to sort of dress the way that they feel comfortable. So I'm really glad to see Disney updating with the times. Hopefully we'll see more school dress codes follow suit. Yeah. And I'm not sure who is leading the charge over at Disney. I don't know if this is 
you know, an initiative from Josh Demaro now that he's become chairman of all of the parks, you know, within the past year. But Disney has really made a commitment to inclusion within the parks. And the pace of change seems to be accelerating pretty rapidly. I mean, they announced the redo to Splash Mountain. They're in the process of changing the Jungle Cruise. Now they're announcing this, which is a huge impact because you have to figure, you know, Disney is kind of the 800-pound elephant in the hospitality space. And so if they're allowing their cast members to have a more gender-neutral and personal expression and inclusion in their dress codes, all of the other theme parks and and hospitality and everything is going to follow because Disney's kind of the standard for this. Right. And I think that this also really does a nice thing for, you know, all, all the communities that have felt excluded before because they will have, you know, I think Disney feels like a place that most people can feel comfortable no matter who you are, but even more so now. And I think that it would be, you know, it's awesome that anybody can go there. They can feel represented. They can feel seen and they can feel like they're accepted. So I think this is a hundred percent on brand with what they want to do with what more people should do. So it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. You're right. They, they want everybody to feel comfortable in the theme park. And, and I just find it, you know, pretty admirable for them because a lot of companies say they're going to do things. But I mean, again, they are making a lot of changes very quickly. Yeah. And I don't think this is the last of the changes we've seen. So I think that, you know, there's more to come kind of all in this direction, again, of inclusion and everything and just making everybody feel welcome and comfortable on all of their attractions. Awesome. In other news, there is a new Super Zoom. I'm pretty excited about this one. So I really enjoy the one at, at Galaxy's Edge. And this There's... is a Super Zoom photo right. pass at the park. Correct. And there was also one at the Magic Kingdom, but they just added one in Animal Kingdom now. So if you would like to, you know, you're going to be at the parks and you'd like to check it out, trek over to the base camp of Expedition Everest and find the Disney PhotoPass photographer. So this uh, Super Zoom is available from 10 through sunset if the weather is nice. So I think that this this looks really cool and kind of puts you in perspective of the park. Yeah, and we didn't get to talk about this last week, but this did happen last week. The Disney Wish, which is the first of three of the new cruise ships Disney has, uh, reached a milestone by placing the traditional keel laying uh, within the ship. And this one was done by Captain Minnie Mouse. And this boat is going to be the first time uh, Minnie is is kind of predominantly displayed on the bow of the ship. So Captain Minnie was there to lay the keel. And yeah, so I think it's good to see that they're still kind of progressing with this, these cruise ships. I'm not sure how quickly the cruise industry is going to come back. <laughs> I think a lot of people... You may be comfortable going to theme parks because that's outdoors, but you know some cruise ships already kind of had a stigma that people didn't like cruises. You know that there's there's been some issues with cruises, not necessarily Disney cruises, but I think it'll be interesting to see how quickly people get back on the cruise bandwagon. I think that might be a little bit slower than than theme parks and other travel. A few things here. Uh, one. I think that Disney should offer some really deep discounts here because. I would be all in favor of taking our first cruise together. And they might. And they're they're not even sailing. I mean, the ships are still docked. They're not even allowed to sail them or get them prepped. So, I mean, they're, they're still a long way away from doing cruises. And, and yeah, maybe they, they do start offering some discounts. 
They're going to get rid of probably the buffet, I'm guessing, because that's a huge part of cruise line um, is like that buffet thing. They'll probably do more table service, I'm guessing. But also another thing about this that I wanted, I didn't want to kind of skip over it, is the part where, you know, mini is is a key feature. Um, they made it, the article kind of made a big deal about how she is doing a more diverse role for a female. Uh, but I did enjoy in the article, they mentioned how she was how she was dressed and it was like i understand miss mickey mini is a fashionista but do we have to talk about how she's dressed i mean you can see it in the photos clearly so one step forward one step back they're a little bit disney but still really cool uh i'm excited and i would like to try out this screwed ship hint hint yeah definitely the new the new ships look very nice and and they have a lot of kind of technological advancements on them and things that that I think once, yeah, once these start setting sail in a couple of years, um, I, I think it'll be fun to take take a ride on one. Yeah. Jumping into, I guess, our main topic, like we said this week, is kind of just about us a little bit and kind of our history with Disney. Um, like I said, you know, I think we've we've gained a lot of new listeners, and you know, just kind of want to fill them in for anybody maybe who's new and, and maybe not familiar with with us. So. A little bit about us. So we are married. I know that that has come up before. <laughs> I don't know we, why that was funny. We've seen that in uh, in reviews and stuff. I think they're married. But yes, we, we, we have been married. We are high school sweethearts. So we've known each other um, for quite a long time now. And uh, <laughs> thankfully still together. And so we... <laughs> start, start. Thankfully still. Yeah. I mean, it is true. I am grateful to still be with you. But, you know, you make it sound like we've really struggled there this, a little bit this podcast is our marriage counseling that's why we started it. <laughs> this no. is our this is our marriage counseling and the youtube channel is is our is where we do our battles sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know we started this podcast honestly a couple of years ago as, as kind of just like a fun couples project to do i mean we, we both like disney and we were like hey let's kind of do something together so that we can you know, have kind of a, a fun kind of thing in common. Yeah, it's it's gives us a project to work on. And it is, it's just, it's really fun. And then it, it also gives us a lot of times, you know, you talk about work, you talk about the weather, but, um, you know, with us, it'll be, oh, did you see this new thing that Disney came out with? So it has definitely been, as Joe mentioned, kind of like our, I don't want to say couples therapy, but it, it, it does, it has kind of helped to bond us. So I, yeah, and, and we I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you too as well. I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about the listeners. Okay. <laughs> you but, too, I guess. But you're right. I mean, we we frequently, I mean, kind of day to day are talking about Disney things. I mean, you know, for me, I'm a huge Marvel Star Wars fan. I'm big into the just like the going ons of the theme park, you know, just yeah. all of kind of the rumors and everything, even with the movie. So I'm kind of constantly in that and I think you know, Disney, you know, as we've talked about in kind of our Disney decade series, they own so many properties now, they basically dominate pop culture. So if you are a fan of pretty much anything pop culture, it's going to eventually touch on Disney somehow. So, you know, it, it frequently comes up, you know, Angela, you're a big fan of like the animated uh, movies and the musicals right. and stuff. So, you know, Pixar and, and, and things like that. And so, yeah, we'd, we'd frequently, you know, we'd watch these movies, we'd be talking about them, you know, we'd be planning a trip or taking a trip. And it's like, hey, no, why, why not record it when we talk about it? Maybe somebody would like to listen to it. Right. And our moms did. And then we got a <laughs> few more people. So it's worked out pretty well so far. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, so that's that's a little bit about us, but let you know, let's kind of talk about some of our favorite things about Disney or kind of our or maybe our favorite memories and things. So, Angela, what was Disney like for you kind of growing up? Did you always have the love of Disney or was it something like more recent? <laughs> I you know what I did? Um I had a couple favorite stuffed animals growing up and I still kick myself today. One of them was I I bet you can't guess who it was. Was it Simba? Oh, how'd you know? But anyway, it was this cute little Simba. Uh, he was a stuffed animal. If you pressed his stomach, he said, we'll I think it was his stomach. It was a stomach or his hand or his paw. And he said, we'll always be together. Um, and I'm still mad at myself to this day for giving him up. Because, uh, you know, whenever you're doing your weeding out of your toys when you're a kid, you feel like you have to get rid of stuff. I wish I wouldn't have gotten rid of him. Yeah, so I always had that around. I watched The Lion King. I've mentioned this before, probably. I mean, there was a stint where I probably watched it every single day. I don't day. want to say you've watched Lion King. You literally have every line <laughs> of the movie memorized. I mean, you, you could probably just rattle the movie off without even seeing it in front of you. It's, Life's it's not fair, pretty is impressive. it? <laughs> so there's that. And then also, you know, as I started to get a little bit older, movies like, I know I said this to Tony Bancroft when we talked to him, but movies like Mulan had a really key role in me getting older because I looked up to Milan. I enjoyed seeing a female and the role of, you know, somebody who doesn't always listen and is headstrong and does her own thing, but she does what's right and she takes care of business. So I, I really, I looked up to that. And then, you know, just kind of going throughout the ages, I never really aged out of Disney. I mean, I just really enjoyed it. I always found that any animated movie, there's always that theme that anybody can relate to. And of course, as as we're getting older, I, I swear they put even more jokes in it for adults. So yeah, I, I kind of all throughout the ages have just really admired and loved it. And I've always been a big fan of just a really good story. And they have a really good stories. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, I mean, I, I think for me, you know, kind of thinking back on it, I don't really think as a kid... I wouldn't have considered myself like a huge quote unquote Disney fan. You did have Aladdin in your room though. Yeah, I was going to say, so, uh, you know, Aladdin was definitely my favorite movie growing up and it still is one of my favorite movies. I, I definitely lean more towards the Marvel movies now. So Infinity well, War, Endgame, Genie Ragnarok. is kind of like a superhero. He is. He is. So it, it makes sense. But yeah, I think, you know, besides Aladdin, I mean, I like the Lion King as well. But I don't really think I ever kind of put it together that, hey, these were made all by the same company. And so I, I don't think I ever was like, oh, I'm, you know, a big fan of Disney or, you know, even even probably Pixar for, for that matter. I mean, you know, it's not Toy Story and things, but I don't really ever think it kind of entered my consciousness that all of these movies and things were kind of part of, you know, one studio really didn't go to the parks, you know, a couple of times as, as a kid, but not a ton. So it never really was like a big part of my life. Honestly, I think, you know, growing up, it, it honestly probably wasn't, I, again, until, you know, I, I kind of grew up and realized, okay, they're all part of the same company, you know, Marvel, obviously kind of, you know, looped into Disney, became more aware of it then. But I, I really do think, especially the parks, the love of the parks wasn't until, we took our first trip together right. um, probably six or seven years ago. And that had been the first time I'd been to the park since I was probably like seven or eight. And 
I didn't really maybe have high expectations for it. I think I was probably one of those people that was like, I mean, it's going to be fun, but Disney's kind of for kids. I don't know how much there's going to be to do as an adult. I just remember though being kind of like completely swept up by it because just the efficiency and how everything worked and how, you know, you got the magical express and your luggage just appeared. And once you're on property, you never had to worry about anything. Like to me, you know, I'm always planning the trips and to know like once I'm there, everything's taken care of. Like I know a lot of people don't like doing fast passes and dining reservations ahead of time, but I love it because I like the planning ahead of time and then just relaxing and enjoying it. I think once that happened, you know, something just clicked. And I think it was just kind of the summation of all of this stuff. And then it, it's really just like snowballed from there for me. <laughs> well, I think that one of the things that I always found, I think with you, that really kind of gives you that appreciation is you're in business. That's one of that's like what you do for a living. I think that you can kind of look at that from that perspective as well and see just how efficiently, like you said, everything is run, how well they manage things. And you're a huge fan of anybody who's really good at anything, like Tom Brady or LeBron James. So I feel like Disney is the LeBron James, Tom Brady of business. So I think that that kind of feeds into it. And then being with you has helped me to appreciate some of those other things that I would have never really come to or thought to appreciate on my own. I've learned to appreciate them through you. So I think that we kind of feed into each other. Yeah. And I, you know, I I think now a lot of those people that say, Hey, Disney's, you know, just for kids. And, and we've talked to, you know, people on the show that, you know, we've kind of talked about that, that, Hey, that's not true. I mean, you know, I think everybody probably listening, you know, doesn't (laughs) believe that, but I would almost argue. Except for all of our four year old podcast listeners. Yes. (laughs) But, but I would almost argue that Disney's better as an adult. Because when you're a kid, sure, it's fun because you get to see the characters and stuff, but you almost enjoy anything as a kid. I mean, you're just having a good time no matter like where you are. Like If you go to a local water park or an amusement park, you're <laughs> going to have fun. But as an adult, there is a lot to do at the theme parks for adults, but that appreciation, like you, you can't understand that level of detail when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. It kind of just goes past you. But as an adult you can really kind of just sit back and appreciate it. And then again, there is enough to do. I mean, Epcot, you know, the food and wine and just, there's a a ton of things to do there for adults. And then whenever you like layer that in that, yeah, I almost would argue that the parks are better and more geared towards adults than children. It's kind of like, Kids having fun is like the cherry on top that gives the adults the excuse to go. But really (laughs) it almost is a park for adults now. And I think kind of like you said, it, Disney's growing up, I think, with their audience. They they kind of realize that that they, you know, need to cater more towards the adults as well. Right. And you know, when you go back and you watch some of those older animated films, there isn't very much depth to them. I know I I don't want to take any shots at any movies that some people might really enjoy. So I'll just keep it vague. But there's a couple of them that I kind of went back into the vault and I watched and I was just, you know, a little bit uh disappointed with them. And I thought Oh, that's really interesting though because I can see no, it's not consistent though because I've I've watched like Sleeping Beauty. I actually really enjoyed and I didn't think I was going to. So, I mean, there are some movies that I do think kind of stand out, Cinderella being another one of them, but there are other ones in there that just don't have that depth and whenever you hold them up to a lens, they don't really hold up. So, but lately I feel like a lot more of them have um even like we were we've talked about in the one episode that Raya and the Last Dragon, we're comparing it to like 
this hall of crazy great movies and when you really look at it by itself with no comparisons is a fabulous movie it's just that everything else that's kind of come before it set that those standards so high that it's hard to meet them so yeah it's kind of what's happening in the theme parks i mean these lands have to become so intricate now because guest expectations are off the charts you know because disney and universal are constantly trying to one-up each other that you know i mean basically if if the next land isn't like westworld where they have fully animatronic <laughs> robots that let you live your own adventure. People yeah. are going to be like, oh, this isn't worth I it. I don't know. I hope nobody like kills any of the Yeah, not, not the though. violent part of Westworld, yeah, yeah. of course. But <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Like the beginning, like whenever you kind of live your own adventure, let's say that way. If it's not like a you know fully immersive yeah. live your own adventure with holograms and and uh, you know fully autonomous robots and, and things like that, and real genies in it. I mean, people are going to be like, yeah, I've seen it before. We're getting a real genie pretty soon. Yeah, the genie app. app. Yeah, true, true. And people, again, you know, if that's not over the top amazing, you know, th- there's there's just high expectations around. So. Right. All right. So speaking of theme parks, what is your favorite Disney park? And this is kind of everyone we've been to. So we've been to Walt Disney World, we've been to Disneyland, and we've been lucky enough to go to the Tokyo Disney Resort. Oh, we including Tokyo. Yeah. What What's your oh. favorite park you've been to? That's rough. Um, if you need a second, I will go. Mine is Disney Sea. Okay. I I think that really is the pinnacle of theme parks. It, it's it's a really incredible park. And before you go, you hear a lot of people say that. And you know, I was kind of worried. Is is it going to be a bit of a letdown? But <laughs> it's it's really not. And it's it's so well done. And I think what makes it so incredible you know it doesn't maybe necessarily have all of the best attractions but the level of detail and the consistency of that detail throughout is absolutely phenomenal so you know it's almost like if you would take like how pandora is so incredibly detailed or galaxy's edge is so incredibly detailed but as an entire park so you know if you think about like again the magic kingdom you know they have some lands that are or detailed or animal kingdom has Pandora, but that doesn't stay consistent throughout the entire park. But what they've done at Disney sea and how it's all linked around the waterways and the different kind of ports or areas. I'm not sure exactly what they call them is really incredible. So I think that is probably my favorite park. It's one I'd want to go back to. I think if we're talking parks, we go to all the time at Walt Disney world, I'd probably say Magic Kingdom's my favorite there. Yeah, you have a lot of valid points there about Disney Sea. I think, you know, we spent two days there. I think it's really hard to for me to say that it's my favorite park. It's definitely the park that I would love to go back to as soon as possible, just because there's certain parts of it that we weren't we didn't even get to experience and it was still great. But I still think that my favorite park is probably Animal Kingdom. And the reason for that is just I think there's a lot of depth in that park that is kind of underappreciated. It has a lot of levels to it. So first of all, it's beautiful. Second of all, Florida is usually really hot, and that's the best park to be in when it is hot because there's lots of shady areas. There are animals everywhere, and so you can always go and visit. It is called Animal Kingdom. (laughs) You can always go and visit the animals, and they're never usually doing the same thing twice. They give them a lot of 
enrichment and things to keep them busy and things that, you know, is going to mentally stimulate them, but also give you as the guests something to watch. There's also really great rides. Expedition Everest is there. You have Pandora there. Yeah, I was going to say Pandora definitely is the best land that I think Disney's done. Um, it's even better as a total land. I think it's better than Galaxy's Galaxy's Edge. Edge, just in terms of kind of the beauty and just scale of it. And there's, it's just, it's more, more colorful. And I think that's what helps it kind of separate itself from Galaxy's Edge. And Flight of Passage is an incredible ride. It's one of my top rides there. So that definitely, Animal Kingdom definitely has that going for it. Right. And then I also think the, like, food wise, it does a really good job. Some parks, I think, are kind of get it a little difficult sometimes to find things that are super appealing if you're not like a chicken tenders kind of, or hamburger kind of person. I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. So, Things are a little bit more complicated, but Disney does a great job. But Suli Canteen is our one of our favorite places to eat. It's a quick serve. And also they have the Nomad Lounge, which has the best churros on the entire, like on the whole park. So I just think that all around, it is probably the most well-rounded park. So what has been your favorite trip memory? Oh, this what's, is... what, what's the best thing you've done on a, a trip at a, to a Disney park? Oh, man. I, I think that my favorite thing we did, I think it was maybe our second or third trip that we took down together. We did a couple different behind-the-scenes tours. We did the surfing one at Typhoon Lagoon, and we also at the same, the same time... That was a ton of fun. If anybody wants right. to try to learn how to surf, did not know that exists. I, I mean, it's obviously not happening right now, but... Typhoon Lagoon has surf lessons and it's great because they just turn the wave machine on. So you get consistent waves all the time. It's like three hours of surfing. You know, you you probably get like 20 or 30 waves a person. That is a, that is a blast. I would love to do that again. We have not gone in the summer lately when, when we've had the chance to do it, we've been going in the fall and it's early in the morning. So you definitely want to go in the summer because you know, it might take a little longer to get, but next time it's available and it's, we go when it's warm. I, I do want to try that again because that was a blast. Right. And I was so, terrible at it, but it was a lot of fun. Well, it was, yeah, I thought it was just really fun. And then also when we went, there was a little girl in the group and I think she had done it like several times and she was hilarious because the rest of us just kept falling off our boards and she was killing it because she, this is just like something that she really enjoyed doing. So, I mean, things like that usually don't, uh, specific things don't usually stick in my mind and the other thing that i really enjoyed was the wild african african trek so we got to go behind we the scenes we got to get clip in above the hippopotamus enclosure as they threw uh, led us to the hippos and talked about it. We got to walk above the crocodiles. I remember there was a person who was really afraid to cross the over. The yeah, that crocodiles. person was me. <laughs> I didn't want to fall and get eaten. I've seen Peter Pan. <laughs> uh, and then when we, we got to eat on the savannah and they had a really cool little, it was almost like a bento box for us. And there was an edible orchid in there as well. So I just thought that all the little touches that were part of that experience made it extra special. Yeah, I agree. Those are those are good. The experiences and kind of the behind the scenes stuff is some of the best stuff I think Disney does. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed both of those. The behind the scenes tour uh, at the Land Pavilion was really great as oh, well. Oh yeah, that was great. So, but I, I think probably my favorite theme park memory slash experience was the lightsaber building experience. I mean, <laughs> I I've talked about this before, but 
it was on another level. I mean, I was not expecting it to be that in depth and I was not expecting to buy into it. And I think that's what kind of caught me off guard and made it so real is that I really was able to have the suspension of disbelief yeah, and just really thought that I made a real lightsaber. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it was just, it, there's such a small group of people. It, it was just an incredible experience and something that I kind of always remember and I think about. And, and I love Galaxy's Edge because that exists. Yeah. And that is like my favorite part. And I would do that again. I mean, people, you know, you ask all the time, is it worth it? You know, $200, is it worth it to, to do this lightsaber? And I'm always like, yes, 100%. Yes, it's it's kind of expensive for a lightsaber, but one, they're very high quality lightsabers. I mean, they're not like cheap plastic or anything. And if you if you're gonna buy one of the replica lightsabers, they're like $120 anyway. So it's worth it just for the show and the added experience and just it is almost like a religious experience. I mean, to a certain extent. So if, if you do like Star Wars, it is one hundred percent uh worth it. And I, I think that's probably my my favorite memory, at least recent memory. I mean, that's probably the most recent thing that's happened. But like you said, all, all those behind the scenes tours uh, are terrific as well. So yeah, I think something always happens every trip we go that is kind of memorable. You know, it makes it worthwhile. Yeah. And I think Disney probably makes sure of that so that that way you're like, I need to go back because something great happened last time. Right. And I would say probably, you know, we just talked about experiences and those side experiences, but I think probably my favorite kind of candid moment that we've ever had that was kind of, you know, it wasn't a pre planned thing. We did go to the holiday party for Christmas and we waited in line for Goofy in the Santa costume. Somebody who actually, we went, we took a minivan and they told us that that one was really, really popular. So we, we trucked it over there right away, got in line, and then we're maybe a couple people from the, the front, and Goofy had a wardrobe malfunction, and his pants started to fall down. It was hilarious. Yeah, he and just ran off as he, quick as he could. He ran off, yeah, and like holding his pants up. And I mean, it was just this really funny thing, and he came back, and it was just, it was super special. So I, I think that that was probably one of my favorite things yeah character experiences are always great we saw, we always have great interactions with like chip and dale yeah as well. they're always a lot of fun so all right so what's what's one item on your disney bucket list adventures by disney okay <laughs> yeah i mean i think that there's a couple trips so i would love to do their china trip because we don't know chinese um so it's i think that that feels a little intimidating i mean we did go to japan but it's a huge country and I think that I would feel more comfortable going if I had like some real tour guides. So I think that that one would be the perfect one to do. So I think that that one's up there. And then if they ever go up into like Tanzania and do like the, Af like they have an African one, I think it's South Africa, but if they ever go into some of those bigger uh, national parks that they have like Serengeti or Cougar, like I would love to do those. For me, I think something I would love to do is get to go kind of like behind the scenes at an attraction or 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 the park somehow. I'm always fascinated with imagineering and kind of their process. So maybe even not even necessarily behind the scenes at an attraction, but almost like be able to be an imagineer for a day and just kind of be at imagineering and see their process of kind of concept art to modeling to 
you know, kind of play testing the attraction to actually seeing the attraction, kind of seeing that life cycle for various attractions, I think is, is always something that I wanted to do because I am really amazed on how they can kind of just dream up these concepts and bring them into reality. And, you know, as I ride a lot of the attractions, I do find myself, especially like the slower ones, like the boat rides where it's kind of easier to look around, you know, looking around at it, it's like, this is really just a giant building. I mean, there's, there's really not (laughs) much to this, but a giant warehouse building, but yet how they have the set dressing and how they have the lighting and the paint and everything that that giant building just kind of blends away and they can keep your focus on what they want you to see and, and how they incorporate music and sounds and scents and everything. And it is just really fascinating to see that and the animatronics, everything and how that works. So I would love to go behind the scenes for Imagineering for a couple of days and just kind of just walk in their shoes and, you know, see their process of how they make, you know, these great theme park attractions that we all love a reality. Right, right. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. I thought you were going to say the prop house in Cali. I thought you were going to go with that. So, but I was on the right line, along the right lines there. So what's your favorite episode that we've done or event from the podcast? That's a good question. You know, we've been really lucky, 150 episodes, one, but what I've, really enjoyed you know over this past years we've done a lot of great interviews yeah and I, I've really enjoyed being able to interview people in the Disney space or with some connection to Disney because it's always interesting to hear from those people to kind of hear their perspectives but then also they all really seem to love what they do and yeah. so just that kind of really shines through and it's always fun to talk to people that are like really interested in what they did and kind of their career and stuff. So, but I think for me personally, you know, I I really enjoyed uh, talking with Len Testa. And I think that's Uh just because I'm a fan of his podcast that he has. Uh, I was kind of a fan of his podcast uh, before, even before we started ours and just kind of what he's done with touring plans and kind of the data science behind it, because I'm Again, kind of, you know, I want to see how Imagineering and, yeah, stuff <laughs> works. And so I'm kind of a numbers, you know, geek and stuff like that. So computers and programming stuff, th- that has always interested me as well. I just think it's amazing that, you know, he took kind of, you know, a, a data science approach to something as kind of whimsical as theme parks, <laughs> you know, not, not uh, something that probably a lot of people in that field would have thought what's the point of doing anything with theme parks? There's nothing there. And, and he kind of talked about that too when, when we talked to him. So, you know, if you ha- don't really know his story, be sure to go back and, and listen to that interview with him. But he really took that and, and created something that is really helpful. I mean, we used touring plans last time we went and, and it was really nice because their wait times were way more accurate than Disney's wait times were. Right. And so when we walked up to a ride and it said it was an hour and the touring plans app said it's only half an hour, we're like, okay, we'll get in line. It's only a half an hour. It's not really the hour that Disney's saying. So it, it's pretty amazing what he's done. And so I, I was kind of a fan of him and again, his podcast. So it was it was a lot of fun to, to talk to him, but we've talked to a lot of great people as well. So Yeah, I, he kind of stole the words right out of my mouth there with the interviews being my favorite. I mean, there are certain episodes that, I really enjoyed doing. I enjoyed the Orange Bird episode. So when you asked me to kind of do some research on Adventurers Club, I know I kind of 
bucked you on it a little bit. I gave you a little bit of a hard time and I'm like, oh, this is so boring. And then somehow I like got back into it. And suddenly, like once I understood what it was, because I didn't quite have a concept of what it was, it was just like it exploded for me. And that is one of my favorite things about this show is sometimes even little things that we'll come up with to talk about that I'm like, "Eh, I don't know if I'll really be that into it. There's always a nugget in there, um, at least a nugget. And a lot of times it's way more that it's like a gold mine. So I, I find that I'm a lot more interested in some of these like nitty gritty, how things work, things than sometimes I think that I am. Um, so I think it kind of gives me an opportunity to even look within myself and learn some new things about myself. But yeah, the interviews, I mean, the Bancroft brothers, the fact that, you know, they were the supervising animators of uh, Mushu and Pumbaa. And I mean, those are two just huge characters in my world. So I, I just I think that it was fascinating. And also, I mean, most of the people we've talked to and spoiler alert, we have an upcoming interview with a Disney legend. So definitely make sure you tune into that. But a lot of these people that we're talking to, they have these incredible memories of their careers with the Walt Disney Company. And it is like getting to see things through their eyes. And I think that that is just absolutely fascinating. So yeah, I I think that those two things kind of combined, it's hard to really pick one episode and there've been 150 of them. So they start to blend together after a while, but that's my favorite part. No, I, I agree. And there's actually only about 149 so far. (laughs) <laughs> this is 150. So, all right. So this is this is the hard hitting question. Back, we're on the back end of this, so <sighs> I think we can round up now. Okay. All right. Hard hitting question that ended here: uh, Mexico or Canada? You know me. I'm a chaotic soul. I. But this is not going to be uh, the answer that most people want to hear. But I don't care <laughs> all right I, I have no preference a lot of times it just we, depends on the day we for like you? yeah we like to eat at canada so sometimes we head that direction or we usually time it out i feel like depending on where we're gonna when we're gonna eat at la cellier so i feel like for for me that's really all that matters i look at my little um you know whatever festival's going on i look at my little booklet and say okay which way do i want to go and that's what determines it my my stomach is my guide so that's that's my answer all right so this is a trick question for me it's international gateway it's neither (laughs) i'm kind of with you i don't really necessarily care either i think it depends on what you're doing but i love visiting japan so if i'm coming to international gateway i'm getting to japan quicker but i (laughs) guess if if technically i have to look at one yeah it's kind of i'm kind of agree with you it's it depends on what you're doing i mean if you're trying to get to frozen quickly you go towards mexico um you know again i'm usually trying to get to japan as quick as possible so i think probably naturally i go towards canada first and if you want that orange bird sipper you go towards canada yeah you go towards canada as well but but yeah so i I think for me i'm probably heading towards canada most of the time but yeah if i can i'm coming skyliner international gateway gonna check out japan stop at japan first then go you know see the rest of the countries come back check out japan again so got to see them they're not doing the uh the oysters right now with the pearls and stuff but i love that there's just a lot of excitement in japan but let us know what country you start at first i know that's like the big debate amongst people in epcot it's like (laughs) what country do you start at first so all right so i I think that wraps up our 150th episode um like i said we are incredibly grateful for all of you listeners continuing to tune in week after week 
It's been a great 150 episodes so far. Looking forward to the next 150. And as I mentioned, we have a lot of great interviews coming up. Angela alluded to one with a Disney legend coming up. Um, but we have a, a lot of other great interviews and shows planned, you know, for the coming months. And again, you know, I'm sure it'll be another, you know, great 150 episodes from here on out. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so that you get notified when all those new episodes come out. So I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.